thank you for singing that and putting that together. Beautiful song. Let's take your Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Revelation, Revelation chapter 7 and Hebrews 12. Revelation 7 and Hebrews 12. That's a beautiful song. I heard it several weeks ago as I was praying about doing a, doing a series on heaven. I made a note of it on my phone, and I told Brother Pearson after I got on the series, I said, look for this song. And he was not familiar with it. I just heard it a few times on the, on the radio. <clears throat> Obviously, I wasn't listening to Hank. And um, it just, it just, I mean, I just wept as I, as I heard it. And then um, I said, I want you all to sing that sometime during this series. So thank you. And sing it again soon. Beautiful. Um, uh, while I was just before I popped up here, I got a text from um, Brother Stevens, and he said that uh, Mrs. Davison came through the surgery well, and everything's good. We're thankful. I, I have not been able to get in the hospital, but the last couple of days I've had a chance just to pop in real quick and pop out. They watch you, and there's only be one person in the room. Uh, Beth stayed in there today, and uh, we cheated a little bit, but I prayed with her, and she said, Pastor, I just want to go to heaven. Just want to go to heaven. And Brother Hensley was real sick. I don't know if you remember this, but I called you on the phone there, and, and Brother Hensley said that same thing to me. He said, Preacher, he said, you don't have to worry about me. He said, I'm not, I'm not well, and I know that, but he said, I'm going to go to heaven if, if, I, if God wants me. Homesick for heaven. You know, I got to thinking as they were singing that song and with them burning down Philadelphia and all that's gone on, it could very well be, and I'm not asking for this, I'm not a glutton for punishment, I don't want it to be this way, but it could be that God is going to fix it so that we're, we want to go to heaven more. It could be we're too comfortable here. It could be that We've settled in, and maybe that's not why we're. Why, maybe that's why we're not serving God like we should. Maybe that's why we're not reaching people for Christ like we should. Maybe a lot of reasons for that, but but I just believe that God's working in our nation. And either way, the election goes. And by the way, we'll pray again Sunday. I hope you'll come to church Sunday, ready to pray and seek the face of God. I mean, I can rant and rave on everything that's bad, and I could talk about the platforms of the candidates. I think we have a good church. I think that just about everybody here is going to vote right, and if you don't, may bed bugs invest your arm, infest your armpits before nightfall. But um, um, I know there's a time and a place for that. If we had more of a metropolitan-type church with many different philosophies and belief systems, I probably would do that. But, you know, a church like ours... We're soldiers of the cross. We ought, to be, we ought to be fired up out there telling folks about the Lord. And we need to have revival in our church. Let's stand together, please, reading God's Word, Revelation chapter 7, verse number 9. And when we get to Revelation, you think, well, this is talking about end times. Well, it's talking about heaven because that's the end of end times. In verse number 9, we pick up reading in chapter 7. And after this, I beheld in lo a great multitude, which no man could number, of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne. And before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which setteth upon the throne. I understand this picture is in heaven and under the Lamb. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts. 
fell, down, fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Well, if you don't say it down here, you'll say it up there. Blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. Amen. That's the theme of heaven. One of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes, and whence came they? Now, the 24 elders are a picture of the church. We'll read about that. I think we have time over Revelation 3. But So you got the church people up there, and he's saying, Who are these? And where'd they come from? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest and understand. Now, this is John the Apostle in the Isle of Patmos caught up, and he's able to see these visions and get all this and write about it for us. And so he's writing in a way, the best way that we can understand. And he said, and I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore are they before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he that sitteth on the throne shall dwell among them. They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them or, nor any heat. Speaking of the trouble they had during the tribulation period, they shall... Uh, excuse me, verse four, 17. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. And so I want to speak on this subject for just a while tonight, the people of our heavenly home. I want you to hold your place right here. We'll spend most of our time in Revelation. But I want you to turn back to Hebrews chapter 12. One more section of Scripture, a very short passage here. Chapter 12, verse number 22 Verse number 22, Hebrews chapter number 12. Ah, boy, I bet I took you to the wrong place. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 22. There it is there. Okay, verse 22. But ye are come unto Mount Sion, and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and unto the, an innumerable company of angels, to the general assembly and church of the firstborn, which are written in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of just men made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, and to the blood of sprinkling that speaketh better things than that of Abel. Again, we're speaking tonight on the subject, the people of our heavenly home. Father, thank you for the beautiful song, Homesick for Heaven. Thank you for the people that are waiting for us there. And I pray tonight we'll consider this. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. you may be seated. You know, uh, we enjoy living here on planet Earth. My wife and I have been married 42 years. I got to think about our 50th anniversary. You don't want to make that. And I got to thinking about before Jesus comes, and I got to thinking about when I was a little boy, you know, I wanted to get my driver's license. We thought the rapture was going to occur. Uh, Vietnam War was, was just ending then, and it was just awful. And I thought, well, the rapture is going to come, and I'm not going to get my driver's license. We think the craziest things. And... Uh, there's things we all like to do before we go to heaven. And, uh, but you know what? We need to begin to develop a thirst for our heavenly home. I was thinking of that 50th anniversary. I heard a story just today of a fellow that was about to have his 50th anniversary. And uh, people were interviewing him. 50 years, man, that's great. That's exciting. He said, yeah, that's quite an accomplishment. And uh, they said, what would you do on your 25th anniversary? said, I took my wife to Honolulu, Hawaii. He said, you did. So what are you going to do on your 50th? said, I'm going to go back and get her. <laughs> so uh, uh, you never know what people think of things like that. But, you know, we, we kind of are clinging to things right here on earth. We should be thinking about things in heaven, laying up treasures in heaven where moth and rust doth not corrupt. I suppose that the things 
that make our earthly home so wonderful and fulfilling, <coughs> if, you would, <coughs> if you would name them, would be the people that dwell in that home with you. My wife, uh, we're best friends. Uh, she's my soulmate. We're one flesh. And uh, I'll tell you, that's exciting. It's exciting when our son and daughter-in-law come. But it's really exciting when the, those two little kids come walking in, those grandkids. We're going to add one more in January. I can't believe that. Just when you're about to take the rubber things off the corners of your coffee tables, you got to keep them up. I got, I got some of that, uh, that uh, foam stuff you put around pipes to keep them from getting cold. I forget what the pipe insulation. They're black, and they're about four inches like that. I've got them cut. A little hole in them. I got them shoved on the. When you come in our house, it's not real pretty that part of it, these little black foam things on all of our tables. Just when you think you take those off, then you got another one, one coming. But you know what? That's exciting. That's exciting. Little Baylor was there the other day, and my wife was watching her for a few hours. I came home for lunch with chick fries, lemonade, and, and a toy for a girl and a happy meal. And I got home. She said, this isn't a toy for a girl, Paul. I said, without well, just what they gave me. Well, you should have checked. I said, that's what they gave me. And uh, she's completely different from Braxton. We got this box of dominoes, big old box. I mean, there's like, I don't know how many's in there. We, we gamble with them for money. We don't. I don't even know if we've ever played with them before, but the kids know where they're at and they pull them out. So Baylor got them out. And so I was getting ready to leave, come back to work, and I thought she was setting them up. Braxton will set all of them up. I don't know how many's in there. They're 12, 12, 12. He's, how, how many's in there? A lot. How many? 144. Thank you. Why did I know that, Charlie? Thank you. Thank you. I feel stupid now. But anyway, 144 of them. And Braxton sets them up, you know, knocks them down. I thought, well, Bader, I said, Bader, you setting them up? She said, no, Papa, I'm not setting them up. I'm laying them down. I said, okay. All right. And so I came home, and they were still late. All 144 of them laid down all the way through the living room, going back down the hallway. So, but don't you just love them? Could someone say amen there? Yeah. Lindsay's little Matthew came in the back door of my office, and he popped in there in his outfit and scared me. He said, boo, preacher. And I thought, yeah, he's scared. Anyway, you love them. That's what makes home. A little amen right there? That's what makes home. Well, the day that we arrive in our heavenly home, we'll, we will be completely overwhelmed by the reunion of the people that will meet there, that's dwelling in heaven, as well as those that arrive with us on that day. You look around and say, how'd you get here? No, I'm not saying that. There'll be some that arrive with you on that day, and what a glorious, unspeakable day that's going to be. I want to run through these real quick. I have three points, but a lot of sub-points under these three points. Let me give them to you. Number one, the Savior will be there. The Savior will be there. Those in heaven. Uh, we covered this last week in, in depth, but the moment that we see Jesus will be the highlight of our entrance into heaven. Why don't you turn uh, with me, please, uh, to Revelation chapter number 1, if you would, and look at verse number 5. Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. And from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. That, amen. That dominion is speaking about the fact that we'll be there with him in glory someday. Philippians chapter 1, verse number 21 says, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live in the flesh, this is the fruit of my labor, yet what I shall choose I want not. For I'm in a straight betwixt two, Paul said, having desire to depart and to be with Christ, finish it, which is what? Far better. We've got to get our lives to the place where we believe that being where Jesus is is far better. 
We're with God forever, Revelation 21.3. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Now, don't make me try to describe and analyze God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They're three in one, and uh, Jesus is God incarnate, the enfleshment of God. And I'm just telling you, when we get there, we'll be happy about all of it. And so the Savior will be there. Not much time spent there. Number two, the angels will be there. We'll spend most time on the last. The angels will be there. Mentioned here in Revelation chapter 7, our text tonight, and throughout the Bible, their job on earth now is to serve as God's messengers where they do all his bidding uh, in relation to mankind. The Bible says this in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22. But you're coming to Mount Zion. Now, now we're in heaven about the angels in heaven. But you're coming to Mount Zion and unto the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, and to an innumerable company of angels. The means are so many that, humanly speaking, we cannot count them. And when we get to heaven, we will all benefit from their ministry. Now, I can't, I can't say all they'll be doing, but their ministry will be pretty much strictly to the Savior. They'll bow down and worship God, Isaiah 6:3, holy, holy, holy. That'll be an awesome thing for us to uh, experience They'll sing and praise God in heaven. Uh, I, I, they will be like the ambient background music in glory. And sometimes it will crescendo in the presence of Jesus Christ when he's moving about. And what a wonderful thing. Now, I'm going to say this, and I want you to take it right. I believe that our choir and our orchestra, now, if they sing, sing something sour or off note, I can't hear it. But the Pearson may hear it, but I can't hear it. And I think I've got a pretty good ear. And I love our music here. To me, humanly speaking, it doesn't get any better. But I will tell you, you haven't heard perfect music and harmony and voices to hear the angels sing. I, uh, I've had every type of earbuds you can get. None of them stay in my ears. And so I thought, well, I get some of these Bluetooth earbuds. And I listen to my Bible a lot and my, and on my headphones and and nothing's right. So I ordered, it was Prime Day on Amazon the other day. So I ordered me a pair of $50 earbuds for $19.99. They came the very next day. I was so pumped, excited. They were a piece of junk. I was complaining to all of our staff. They all had these expensive things, white things hanging out their ears. By the way, that's not groovy. It looks silly, but they said, I'll preach you, you need to get these. We're like, they're $120. I said, I am not going to buy something for $120. I'll go back to my wires or whatever. I got a pair right here. And... Uh, you put them in, now they're pretty nice. Changes everything. I feel like there's a concert going on inside my head. And that guy that reads the Bible, you know, we, I listen to that Bible is. It's, it's a dramatized Bible. I feel like there's just some play going off in my brain. But I will tell you this, that if I have not seen neither ear heard the things which God, why did he put that in there? You and I have a human level of what we think is perfect music and praise. We haven't seen nothing yet. We get to heaven. Those angels will be the background music of heaven. You ever go in the stores, there's always some kind of back, zany background music. When I used to work at Kroger's, we had a thing called Muzak. It was a little real, real tape underneath there, and they'd come in. It was locked, and you couldn't, you couldn't uh, get in it and change it. You just had an on and off button. And it was M-U-Z-A-K was the name of the company. And all the Kroger stores had them. I worked in the office there and did the money and all that. 
And they would come in and they, they would program that thing. They would study your crowd to see when slow times were and busy times were. And they promised you a certain amount of extra income based upon the background music. <laughs> now, if mankind knows that, you just kind of wonder what heaven's going to be like. Music plays a strong role in our lives. And that's why we should be listening to the right kind of music. Amen. They'll set a joyful atmosphere in heaven. Revelation chapter 5 verse 11. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne of the beasts and of the elders. And the number of them were 10,000 times 10,000, thousands and thousands, saying with a loud voice, a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. All of those were individual characteristics of types of praise that we'll be able to give God, but the angels will lead in all that. By the way, Revelation chapter 5, verse 11, 12, you ought to jot that down and you ought to go back and study that section and you ought to see if you're giving God that worthy type of praise in those categories right now in this life and the blessing and, 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 and thanking him for power and that which you have. So number one, we see the Savior be there. Number two, we see the angel be there. Now, here's the part you want. The redeemed will be there. The redeemed will be there. This is the third point, but I'm going to spend a lot of time here, so just stick with me. Let me first answer the age-old question, will we know each other in heaven? I'm not going to run you to these verses. You might want to jot them down for the sake of time. But let me give you some thought. First of all, Old Testament. Abraham and others in the Old Testament described their passing from this life to the next life as being gathered unto his people. Now, why would it be gathered unto his people if you didn't know who your people were when you got to heaven? They would know. Genesis 25, 8 and other places. King David felt as though he would know his child that died when he got to heaven. I'll read that in just a moment. Again, on the Mount of Transfiguration in the New Testament, Jesus, Peter, James, and John were able to recognize and talk with Elijah and Moses, two Old Testament saints that had died and gone on to paradise, Luke 9.30. We recognize people in heaven the same way that these men recognize these Old Testament saints whom they had never met. Peter, James, and John had never met Elijah uh, or Moses. I know what you're thinking. They probably pulled their phones out, looked at their pictures. and Now, they didn't have anything like that. But God allowed them to see through that veil and recognize who they were. We'll recognize these people. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 12 kind of describes it. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know, even as also I am known. The Bible teaches that we're known in heaven. And when we get to heaven, we will know even as we're known. And so uh, I can't explain it all, but God will give you a supernatural knowledge that you'll know people that you've never met before. What a wonderful time that's going to be. And by the way, they'll be perfect up there. Amen. Heaven will include lots of time to socialize. Matthew chapter 8, verse 11 says this, and I quote, And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. And so uh, you've got this four-square city that we talked about last week, however you describe it, and we're there. And, well, what are we going to be doing? Yes, we're going to worship God, we'll praise God, but there will also be time, eternity, for us to be able to meet these people and talk to these people. Why would... Uh, would uh, these people here, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, maybe that's not who you want to meet. Uh, I want you to think right now, we're all going to do this together. I want you to name a Bible character, one, just one, 
A Bible character that you like, no, don't, we've already, we are, okay, everybody say Jesus. We're going to know Jesus, we're going to see him. But I want you to name at one time, I want to go one, two, three, name the Bible character that you want to talk to in heaven. Ready? One, two, three, Joseph. Somebody said Joseph, David, Isaiah, I heard everything out there. Uh, and so you've got that planned out. What a wonderful time it's going to be. And so, uh, anyhow, so it's going to be a place that uh, we'll have some time to socialize. Ephesians 3.15 says, For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. We carry our name to heaven. Our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And so, there's a lot of what we, what, how we understand in earth that we'll be able to use again in heaven. So it's, that part's not going to be foreign to any of us. You're not going to get up there and they be named Obi-Wan Kenobi or something like that. You're going to be James Michael Norris or whatever. And though I've never watched Star Wars in my life, I've seen the, seen the name. All you addicts. And so, uh, uh, so the, the people up there, the redeemed will be there. Our loved ones will be there. We'll know each other there. So here's some of the people. I have it splitting up in three groups. First of all, babies. Secondly, raptured saints. Thirdly, tribulation saints. We could groom in the Old Testament be there with us, those saints, as we've already read. So the babies, let's talk about that because this is something that a lot, I get asked a lot of questions about this as a pastor. Once you write down this, uh, this address, Matthew chapter 18, verse 10. Once you write that down, you can go study this out later on. The Bible teaches here that when a baby is born on this earth, God, is, God assigns them an angel that beholds that child's face to our Heavenly Father. The Bible teaches that we have a guardian angel, at least one, and you're not supposed to talk to him. You're not supposed to look for him. We worship God, not angels. Be very careful with that. Jesus said in Matthew 18, 4, that a child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Now, I don't know that I understand all that, but I can tell you this. Children will be in heaven. David's experience, again, with his baby that died after his sin with Bathsheba, 2 Samuel chapter 12, verse 23, says this. But now he is dead. After the child died, they told him. But now he is dead. Wherefore should I fast? Can I bring him back again? I shall go to him, but he shall not return to me. What does that mean? David believed, even in the Old Testament, that he would go to the place where God was at, and that's where his child would be. What great hope that gives every mother. Now, I, I, I may be wrong what I'm getting ready to say. This is speculation. Um, that child may be a baby when you get there. I'm not, I don't believe that. Probably of not being his infant body when we get to heaven. But I do believe that we'll know them. God will give them a glorified body like his son, probably like all of us. Remember now, God did not create Adam and Eve in an infant body. He created them in a, an adult body. And for you mothers who desire to have that second chance to love and caress that child that's in glory, please understand that God will allow you to be eternally happy based upon the conditions that we're presented with in heaven, and it'll be fine. I picture something like this when you see Jesus face to face. That mother, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a father, but I can only imagine the heartache of a mother. It may be something like this. When you get to heaven, you see Jesus for the first time, and you hug his neck, and you see the nail prints in his hand, you step back and... He says, here, I've got someone I want you to meet. And for the first time, you'll see that child. What a wonderful time it's going to be. It's why parents should spend all the time they can when those children are young trying to get them to Jesus. 
There's going to come a time when that child understands about Jesus and heaven and hell. Little Bella was just in my office tonight and received Christ in her home. She asked the preacher to baptize her. I walked her through all that. She's six years old. Little Braxton got saved here about a year or so ago. We're praying for Baylor. She's getting close. She got in trouble the other day. And she said, I just don't know why I do this. I just need to get ask Jesus in my heart so he can get me out of this mess. She's getting close. <laughs> my wife was watching her the other day, and my wife stepped out in the garage for just a minute. We had bought the kids a little bullhorn. Maybe I told this. I think I'm going to see now, but... Baylor's not supposed to come out of that house. And she stepped out. She opened up the door. She stepped out and stepped. She turned that bullhorn and said, Nana, never leave the house by yourself. Never go outside by yourself. Never go. So, you know, she needs the Lord. Pray for her. But I want you to understand that there's a time. I do not know when that age of accountability is. And the Bible is kind of quiet about that. But there's a time, I just have to tell you what Jesus said about the children. There's a time that that child realizes they're sinners and need to be saved. I, I got saved when I was a child. I knew when that was. You moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas ought to spend a lot of time with that child on this subject. And as they get older and you feel like, well, they didn't maybe understand, hit her again. They only get saved one time. But that child needs to make their salvation election sure they need to get it pinned down. Sometimes children come because other children come. But you handle that child with sensitive hands and love. Amen. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Babies will be raptured. Saints will be there. I want you to take your Bibles, please, and turn to Revelation chapter 3. Raptured saints will be there. Revelation chapter 3, verse 1. And this is a church age closing out in chapter 2. Verse number one, after this, the church age, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. Speaking of the rapture. And immediately I was in the spirit. And by the way, he's, he's in the spirit in that he's learning about this so he can write about it. And, uh, and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. And he that sat, sat was to look, and he that sat was to look upon like a jasper and sardine stone, and there was a rainbow round about the throne in his sight unto an emerald, and round about the throne were four and twenty elders upon the seats I saw four and twenty elders sitting clothed in white raiment, and they had on their heads crowns of gold. The white the, the elders, all commentators will tell you, is a picture of the church. And so the church now is in glory. Which it uh, look at verse number 10 and chapter 3, chapter 4, verse number 10. Did I say chapter 3? I meant to say chapter 4. Chapter 4 is where we're at, verses 1 through 4. Look at chapter 4, verse 10. Now, four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for thou hast created all things, and for thy pleasure they are and were created. Apologize for that. Of chapter 4, verses 1 through 4, that's where, where he gets caught up into heaven, and the 4 and 20 elders are there. Now we see that what we're going to be doing is worshiping the Lord there. The Lamb's book of life is open. Turn now, please, over to chapter 20. Chapter 20 of Revelation. Chapter 20, talking about the raptured saints now here. 
the raptured saints in Revelation chapter 20. Look at verse number 11. Verse number 11. Chapter 20, verse 11. And I saw a great white throne to him that sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heaven fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead, small and great, stand before God, and the books were open. Another book was open, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged out of these things which were written in the book of life, in the books, according to their words, works. And the sea gave up their dead. This is, a, this is the resurrection. And the sea gave up their dead which were in them. And death and hell delivered up the dead which were in them. And they were judged, every man according to their works. And death and hell were cast in the lake of fire. This is the second death. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast in the lake of fire. And so we're judged, but those whose names were not found in the book of life, you and I are in the last book of life when we get saved. Those who are not in the book of life are cast in the lake of fire. Now, there's a lot we could say about that, but I want you to look across the page here. No, no, I'm sorry here. Let's turn one more page to chapter 21. Chapter 21, verse 8. We, we have those that are excluded from heaven in Revelation 21 and verse 8. But the fearful and the unbelieving and the abominable and the murderers and whoremongers and sorcerers and idolaters and all liars shall have their part in the lake, of, lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Look at verse 27. And there shall no wise enter into, into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the last book of life. So understand that when we get into heaven, chapter 4, Revelation, and other places in Thessalonians tell us about the rapture of the church. It talks about the judgment seat of Christ. That's the only judgment we have to endure. The great white throne, which we mentioned there in chapter 20, is not for us, but we're going to witness that. And we, we stay in heaven because our names are written in that book. And so these are the people in heaven. The raptured saints are in heaven. Let me give you one more group here, if I could. And I want you to write this down. The tribulation saints. Turn back, please, to our text, Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. I do not know, I could study this out and we could preach on it, but tonight I'm, I'm not prepared to do that, but there will be people saved during the tribulation period. Most believe that, uh, that, most believe that if you have already heard the gospel, then you'll be strong delusion will come upon you. I, you know, I, people are back and forth on that. Dr. John Rice says grace is always there. Other people say that you'll not be able to understand the gospel and tribulation period if you didn't get saved and you go through that. So people are all over the map on that. But I will tell you this, that there will be folks come out of that. I want you to look at uh, chapter 7, verse 13. One of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? We got on white robes. We're the church. They got on white robes. And uh, whence came they? And I, and, and I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said unto me, These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. And it goes on to talk about how they'll serve the Lord as well, and they will partake in some of the same things that the, the uh, raptured saints do. Old Testament saints. Again, in Matthew chapter 8, 11 says, that many shall come from the east and west and shall sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. So there'll be a time that will all be there together, the redeemed. If I could just put everybody under that word, the redeemed. Now, these are verses that we could break down and study in length, all of them. But what I want to do, give you a bird's eye view of the people in heaven. Somebody says, well, what about my animals? That's a separate message. 
R.G. Lee. How many of you heard the name Dr. R.G. Lee? R.G. Lee was the much-loved pastor of the old Bellevue Baptist Church in Memphis from 1927 to 1960, a powerful preacher. One day, Dr. Lee was a little boy, and he asked his mother, Mother, what was the happiest day of her life? Her mother sat for just a moment. She's thought back to the time of the Civil War when she was just a little girl. Her mother's name was Elizabeth, and her daddy, Elizabeth's dad, fought for the South in the Civil War. While he was away, it was so hard on her mother that he had to get all the crops in, the kids, as small as they were. Nobody went to school, just worked in the fields day in and day out. The days were long. One day, a letter came saying that her father had been killed in battle. Dr. Lee said his mother never cried in front of him during the day, but at night, all the children hear mama sobbing herself to sleep in the little house they lived in. She said about four months later, it was a summer day, and they were all sitting on the front porch shelling beans. A man came down the road, and Dr. Lee's mother uh, grandmother said, uh, mama said, mother said, said, uh, was watching the man walk. And she said, Elizabeth, honey said, that man yonder there walks like your daddy. The man kept coming down the road and all the kids were watching. They thought the kids thought, well, this couldn't be so daddy got killed in the war. Then as he got a little closer, he came to the gap in the fence, and he made the turn toward the house. Her mother leaped off of the swing, beans flying everywhere, and ran to hug the neck of her husband who was alive. She said, children, it's your father. And she ran across the field and hugged his neck and kissed him, and the kids grabbed his legs. They almost fell. Elizabeth told her son, R.G. Lee, when I saw my Paul, it was the happiest day I could ever remember. Ladies and gentlemen, please understand, we miss our loved ones that's not with us. What a wonderful day it's going to be to taste that part of heaven and the joy that will be there for all of us. I have people that I want to see that I miss, and the older I get, the more will be on that side. Father, thank you for our heavenly home. Thank you, Lord, for the journey that's sometimes long and sometimes dark and foggy and dreary. We don't always understand. Lord, it's not always going to be this way. This is just our earthly home. We look forward to the day we see you face to face and bless us, we pray. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. I want to ask you this question. Do you know for sure that you're going to heaven when you die? Yeah, that all settled. If you don't, you're in the best place you can be to come to the Lord. In just a moment, I'm going to have you stand. Well, their heads.